Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Howdy, folks. Happy Monday. We are back. We have lots to talk about. Uh, the NHL... Our meet the board of governors meeting in I believe California uh, right now. I know that uh, Elliot Friedman was out there and talking about some things that are on the agenda that uh, maybe later in the week we'll talk about with uh, Kevin Allen when we have him on the show. Why um, do they in Minnesota? Like, why does it always have to be some place they could play golf? Gee, I wonder why. Did they bring their clubs with them for <laughs> sake? Come on, please. All right. Well, we'll start with some pre-show stuff, and obviously it'll be. Well, some baseball stuff, some football stuff. Go ahead. This will be a long pre-show. I will let you know that. Okay. NFL, let's just talk about the refereeing. Yes. There are at least three games. It cost three teams at least three games. Right. Now, the most stark one was probably the Jets one because they called no pass interference on the field. The Jets challenged it. They get pass interference, and then they get the game-winning field goal. So that has a direct impact on the game. The coach from the Dolphins went crazy. He's probably going to get fined because he went up to the ref after the game and, you know, can't blame him. But it's the Dolphins, so I don't feel bad. All right. The Patriots, they had a couple calls in that game. They booed. The fans booed the Patriots at halftime. Now, this is how bad the media would like to cover up for the Patriots stuff. They were like, well, they could have been booing over the refs. I don't know if they were actually booing the players. No, Tom Brady talked about it after the game and said, yes, sometimes as an athlete you get booed. It might be the only honest thing Tom Brady's ever said. Yeah, and I watched I watched a little of the first half of that game. They were booing because the Patriots' offense was completely ineffective against the right. team's defense, which, it, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of an overstatement to say Kansas City's defense sucks, but they're not good. And, you know, the, the Patriots' offense, which I think had like was averaging like 14 points a game the last three games, you know, they have a they have a a world-class defense. And if their offense got on track, they might have a chance, another chance for a Super Bowl. but they just seem to not be able to get things on track. And then they did in the second half, but the, the, the things that um, they missed out on in the first half cost them. Yeah. I mean, they should have just drafted the next Gronk, but they didn't. So that's, that's their problem. It's just, and, and I do want to mention about tight ends. I did just write an article on sportsology about the jets ineffectiveness to, to draft the tight end. And I, detailed it with a recent one that they really blew in the 2017 draft. Even though that was a running back draft, there was a great tight end they could have gotten. Anyhow, moving on. The refereeing in general now in the NFL, we're late in the season here, and it's gotten no better. Matter of fact, they're getting as bad a press for the refereeing as they did for the kneeling. And what's interesting is I'm telling you right now, the only thing propping up that sport is gambling. Because I see it and hear it all the time. The games are worse. We're all talking about, like, we only watch our teams in a couple of other games. People are watching because of gambling. Well, yeah, I'll give you an illustration of that. I, I went out last night to get a bite to eat after doing some writing, and local Buffalo uh, 
bar that we've both been to for wings. Um, and it was chock full of Baltimore Ravens fans, obviously you basking in the glow of their victory over the bills. And they were watching intently at the Seattle LA Rams game. And when the Rams scored a touchdown or two, they were like extremely enthused. And this is like three or four guys. There's no, there are no implications for that game for the Ravens in terms of the playoffs. So it had to be either fantasy sports or they, they had bet on the Rams because there's no other reason for them to be into that game other than that. So, yeah. And, and I, I actually got a call from my best friend yesterday and he was in Atlantic city for a short time. He said he was going to call me and ask me about an NHL game because it was Islanders Dallas but he said if he knew he called me, I would talk him out of betting the Islanders. So he went and bet the Islanders, and he lost. <laughs> so you're responsible based on what he thought you were going to tell him. Because he knew I would try to talk him out of it. But the, the last thing is is so the, <laughs> the, the Baseball Hall of Fame, two times in the last, I, I want to say 10 years, I really got on a crusade about players getting in. One was Burp Lyleven. And I would say one or two years after the article he got in. Now, same with Ted Simmons. Two years later, after I wrote an article about it, he finally got in. They are just slow in getting in these veteran players that are just waiting, and there's no reason to wait. Like, I don't understand. Are they worried about – they only had to get 13 votes. 13 votes isn't a lot. And there's a local – one more thing. There's a local voter who happens to be a Flyers writer and a baseball guy and I got him to look at the Ted Simmons thing and he could have for all I know he could have been one of the 13 votes yeah 13 of 16 votes but and and like I have no problem with Simmons because uh, you mentioned him before and I agreed because I remember him and how uh, how really great of a hitter he was with the Cardinals and then the Brewers later on in his yeah. career and 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 catchers are are sort of under I think he, caught, under, a million, he caught a lot of games yeah there are not enough catchers in in, in the baseball no. hall of fame and Marvin Miller deserves it as well although yeah. I understood the the reason why the there was some resistance, but I, you know, he deserved to get in. What I have a problem with, and you know where I'm going here, Russ, yeah. is that they're extremely slow on players. I think that based on the Harold Baines uh, entry into the Hall of Fame a couple years ago, that really these guys should be in. Uh, Keith Hernandez didn't even get a vote, according to no. what I saw. Uh, Don Manley got six, um, and uh, and Thurman Munson. Uh, got, I believe three. And it's like, I mean, that, that, these are, these are jokes. I mean, I, you know, you want to make the, the, the argument that you made for Simmons for months. And, you know, maybe you can say that late in his career, he was late in his career when he, when he died, but I think he probably would have had two more fairly decent seasons. And if he did, then his numbers would be hall of fame worthy as a catcher, because there are not many catchers in the hall of fame. The worst thing that happens to a player that's close to being in the hall of fame is if they've been dead for a lot of years, like Gil Hodges and, and Thurman Munson, right. they just seem to never get enough support. They didn't die from drinking Gold Peak, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I thought – having the strange things sticking out the side of their hair. I thought I thought that was take a boost. I thought that was uh, – No, I, I decided because I was – I drink so much of this Gold Peak diet iced tea. 
that my parents, like kids pointed out to me that I'm really destroying the environment with these yeah. like my spouse, which yeah. is actually true. So I got I got went to one of these a day versus like a you can still recycle it. Can, can I can I can I take a moment just to rip on Coca-Cola, who is a company that yeah, sure. I, I love no, and we're use them as a sponsor. Yeah, well they're yeah. a company that I love and I drink I've drank their product for, for many years, and that's probably primarily responsible for why I'm a type two diabetic. But one of the one of the uh one of the one of the products that they had uh, put out the last few years was something called Coca-Cola Life, <laughs> which was a, a light, light sugar, like about like six grams of sugar, and then stevia, which is a a, a non-sugar sweetener. Or you can take your um, you can take your varnish off your car with it. Either one, yeah. Well, okay, whatever. But all I know is, all I know is, is that it was, it was. I, I hate the taste of diet pops. Aspartame is disgusting. I would rather drink seltzer water than drink, than drink pop with aspartame in it, or any other product that with aspartame. So this was something that was acceptable. I liked it. It wasn't bad. It didn't taste ter terribly. The, the, there's, there was still that natural yep. sugar taste. They discontinued it last year. Uh, it was the green bottles, right? Right, it was the green bottles. Now what yeah. they come out with, and I saw it in Canada. I haven't seen it in the U.S. yet. They came out with Coke with stevia, no sugar, just plain stevia. Yeah, this is the now this is the problem because they did this a few years ago with Splenda. They had Coke with Splenda. These companies don't know how to balance the amount of yeah, the basic thing. Yeah, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I, I don't. Because I'll tell you right now, Coke with Splenda and Coke with Stevia is like drinking regular Coke in terms of the sweetness, like drinking regular Coke and pouring a five-pound bag of Domino sugar in it. It's that friggin'. Can we, can we break down one thing? If we hired a scientist for this show, which I think X should because we have the budget. I have. I, I live with one, but yeah, sure. We can. live with one. We can easily recreate a Coca-Cola, which, again, they keep that stupid recipe in a safe, and guys can never travel or – and I shouldn't say guys, but actually employees can never travel together if they're high ranking. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. You know, and years ago, there was a book that was out. It was really cool. I don't remember this or not, but there was a book that came out with all the secret recipes of things like this. Like, where ridiculous. Someone was going around and figured out, like, you know, what the special sauce on the Big Mac was. They yeah, figured out how to make you know, the, uh, the herbs. And, uh, yeah, but not quite herbs, herbs and spices, you know, like uh, of the. Um, of, of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Someone actually wrote a book. It was really great. But think about what this stupid recipe is worth, Eck. And you're trying to tell me after like a week, a scientist can't come up with something really close? Come on. Oh, yeah. No, they can. They can. They, they, but, the, but the secret ingredient is love. Rest. Yeah. And funky, funky, I, I thank you for the suggestion. But the, the problem is, is that even the Mexican Coke tastes better than regular Coke because it's pure cane sugar. But it's sugar. And it's like right. it's like 30 grams of sugar. I'm a diabetic. I can't now, I However, can I bring this up for a second? Like to replace you, they they got cinnamon coke instead. So go ahead. Yeah. Great. The, um, when I, I, at, in 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 Philadelphia, and if you notice other places in the NHL now, we're seeing more and more coke than we were, and we used to see Pepsi. Like they've yeah. actually, as yeah. as yeah. Like, it was never, you could never go to an NHL event since I started doing this. Pepsi is gross. Where you could where you could get coke, but now you can't. Like I I forget what the first event I was. I, I think it was the Stanley Cup Finals last year where I where there's coke instead of Pepsi. So I think obviously there's some kind of deal was struck there. Yeah. No. Um, I like last thing is like my second favorite pop is Verner's. Of course, that's that is that is uh, has sugar. There's a diet Verner's. I have yet to take. I don't want to buy a a refrigerator box of twelve cans of a pop that I may hate. 
Um, so I, you know, it's like, I'd like to buy like one bottle of diet Verner's to find out what it tastes like just to see if that's an acceptable option. But right now, like I'm popless. I have to go back to sell the water. Thanks a lot, Coke. Uh, drink a toast is always available. Always available. You just have to drive hey. to Gloucester, New Jersey. If you can drive to Gloucester, New Jersey, you can get it anytime. You'll okay, have to start the show. Uh, real quickly, real quick, um, special shout out to Carol Spinney, who I, you know, was the, the um, and, you know, I'm usually, rest is usually the person who died person but uh carol spinney with big bird and oscar the grouch uh passed away yesterday really sad russ the grim reaper cohen really sad thing um you know and obviously my son being a big puppet person and makes muppets and his friends with some muppeteers from the muppets um yeah really sad so anyway thoughts uh, thoughts go out i mean we all kind of grew up but we definitely grew up with big bird you know launched in 1968 and was six years old for 52 years whatever he was so pretty funny if you oh, want to if you want to search something Funny on the internet, um, search up. They just and it just came out a couple of days ago with the new Big Bird, who's really the guy who's doing. I mean, this Cal Spinney was eighty five years old, so yeah. But um, but the new um, the new uh, new the new Big Bird taking a lie detector test. It's really funny. You'll enjoy it. Just search it on YouTube. It's really good. Um, let's move on. Let's go to the show. Here we go. Ready, guys? Yeah. Right. It is. Hello, hockey world. I mean, I'm just going to do something special for you because I was going to do something. I'm going to do Now you can see uh, where to go. Okay. Hello, hockey world. It is Monday, December 9th, 2019. I'm Michael Angelo, and rest in peace, Coca Cola Life. <laughs> I'm Russ Cohen, and we should remember John Lennon because he did pass away a couple days ago. It's just we didn't have a show on that day. Yeah, that was yesterday too. And that's 39 years, years and a couple days ago. 39 years yeah. and yeah. 39 years and a couple days ago. And actually, I, I saw a YouTube where on Monday Night Football, Howard Cosell broke in and mentioned it. And that was, I don't know where I was. I was, I was watching the game. Oh, you were? Miami? Yeah, yeah you were. Yeah, Miami. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was 13 years old at that point. Yeah. I was like, I, I, and football meant something. But anyway. I was 17, but I think I was probably out drinking with my phony ID at that point. I found out because I was a newspaper delivery kid who went and, went and picked up my papers of the Courier Post, which was an afternoon newspaper at that time. And um, I would pick it up at the, um, after school, I would just ride my bike to get the papers. And there it was, you know, that John Lennon had been shot. That's yeah. awesome which is really sad. She was definitely one of my mentors. But yeah. I'm Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And uh, to start off, I had something kind of fun. I thought, well, not fun. I'm going to start off with some injury notes from the Flyers. because <laughs> <laughs> yes. that's, a, that's a riot. Yeah, that's, that's something fun, too, but this is I go to Always fun. Yeah, so we have three. The Flyers announced uh, at 11.25 a.m., just a few, I guess, an hour and a half ago or two hours ago now. Um, forward Travis Konechny has a concussion. He's out indefinitely. Um, the uh, forward Joel Farabee will not practice today because he has wisdom teeth removed, um, which tells you when you got young players when they're missing because their wisdom teeth are removed. Um, and forward Oscar Lindblom will not practice today for maintenance. Maintenance. maintenance yeah. Maintenance. So let me let me talk about that because I was yeah. at the game. First off, I want to bring up the Farabee wisdom teeth thing. Yeah. Most most dentists are used car salesmen. And the reason I say that is 20 years ago, while my wife had just gotten her wisdom teeth taken out, that same dentist said, you need to have your wisdom teeth taken out because they're right at the surface and they can break any time and you can get really sick. And I said, I'll tell you what, I don't even feel them. They don't hurt. When they do, I'll come running back 20 years ago. Yeah. You just have to be really hurting them. Man, so I, yeah, I mean, they do it. And I, I had it taken out too, which is really a... Uh... Fun, and then I got the fun—the fun thing that you can get sometimes after you kick every wisdom teeth taken out, which is called dry sockets, which is every bit as disgusting and weird as it sounds. Um, 
So uh, yeah, but I had that too. Um, oh yeah. no, I, I had a, I had all four of them taken out at the same time. Oh yeah, because they were all growing in like at a, like a forty five degree angle, so it would have ruined my teeth if I hadn't taken them out. And let's just say it was two weeks of soup and ice cream. Yeah. yeah, one part was not bad. The other part was terrible. But yeah, yeah, and you got to you got to eat a lot of gum. The new thing is gummy bears because they want you to strengthen your mouth. So you eat like oh, a okay. gummy type thing. Um, so well, connect me hit. All right, so connect me hit. Yep. Um, talk, Chris. While it's at the game, Borieski basically does what a lot of the goons now do, and I'm going to put Marshawn in that list, and I'm going to put. Zico Gudis in that list because now Nick mm. is out six to ten weeks. Yes. I'm gonna put um who else had, there was another Zadorov, hit Zadorov. Zadorov in that right. list. Yeah. And what they do now is they give a hit that is so close to being legit that nine times out of ten the refs fool are fooled, right? So mm -hmm. he hits Konechny, he hits him in the face, he goes down like a ton of bricks. We all know he's concussed, no right. penalty, no suspension. They do give Brady Kachuk a penalty after the game because again, in a recent referee development Kachuk gets called for two minutes i think it was for a slash and he was just like really and he threw his stick down and then he started smashing lawton's face into the ice because he was just like well if you're gonna call something that i don't think i did i'm gonna really make it worth my while yeah he jumped him and pummeled him right it? and he pummeled right. him he got a twenty five hundred dollar fine he didn't even get suspended so at the end of the day and and the marshawn hits interesting too because marshawn turned and hit him like a WWE wrestler hits a guy with his butt. And usually they go into a ring post or something like that. McCarr had the puck, got the puck to his teammate. So if you're telling me that hit was to get him to lose the puck, it wasn't because he right. wasn't even close to losing the puck. Yeah. But now he's injured for a while. He's got a shoulder injury and upper body. Yeah, and, and like I said, I mean, the result of that hit was so weird because it didn't look really bad as compared to other Mar Marchand uh, 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 assaults that he's had over his career. And he despises them. Right. And, and, and Makar sort of like reacted like he'd been concussed. He sort of staggered yeah. and, and lost his equilibrium and then sort of regained it and went to the bench. So it was, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying, you know, Bill C says Marchand's hit was as clean as it can be. No, it was, just, it no, was, it wasn't. It was clean for Marchand. It was not clean. And let me, and let me bring up another one. Brendan Lemieux last night, he goes in backside first. Cody Glass season coming. The puck did just leave. And I'm tired of hearing about the puck story because it has nothing to do with the puck being there or not anymore. These right. are guys just wanting to get free shots. And Lemieux, yeah. Hangs him against the glass, right? But that's not what hurts him, Eck. His left arm goes around and elbows him in the head, goes into the glass. Cody Glass is out, and he's probably out with a concussion now, too. Yeah. And I'm telling you, these guys, Lemieux was not penalized or anything, and everybody can say, well, you know, yeah, it's a clean hit, and it's as clean as it can be. You know, players are getting devastating injuries. And by the way, are any of these players we're talking about bad players? No. They're some of these teams' best players. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're top, well. Okay, we're seeing top players go. Well, they, right, but this—that's the thing. The the plan of attack for some of these teams is get their stars. Right, yeah, that's nothing new, obviously. But it's, it's it's not hitting the stars. It's like how it's like no, it's, Eck, it it's is injuring the stars that we have issues. Uh, with. As an example, nobody's targeting Tyler Pitlick. 
Right. I mean, honestly, you if you're Buffalo and you're playing Edmonton last night, are are you telling me you're not trying to hit Dreisaitl and McDavid? You're trying to knock them out of the game because yeah, that improves their chances of winning. You yeah. can't catch McDavid. He's that fast. Yeah. yeah. You're not going after Zach Cassian. You want Zach Cassian to play 20 minutes. Well, no, of course you want to hit these guys. You want to put, you want to, you know, you want to pound them, but you don't want to hurt them. I mean, it's different. It's a very different thing. You know, like there's the idea of like these high hit, these high like head hits. Are still you could hit a guy in the chest every everybody. time, but you also have to know when you're hitting a guy on the boards, his head could slam against the board. So it's something exactly. there has to be a refinement of this rule because there is no give in this glass anymore. There's none. Yeah, yeah, there is no give, and it, it's 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 brutal, and, and we're seeing, and you know, there's no reason for it. Honestly, players need to respect each other more than this. It always bothers me to no end. It's like you know, of all the things, I know winning is winning, and trying players trying to keep their jobs is one thing, but you know, come on now, you got it, you got to respect. You, we see smart enough to know. guys taking free shots all the time. Well, now we're seeing it a lot in the NHL, and the yeah. thing about it in the Flyers game, Eck, the players knew that that hit by Borieski was so dirty that there were two other fights after that. Yeah. To try and avenge it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something. I mean, that's like at least give the Flyers credit for that, I guess. Because you do, but but those fights don't happen if there's not justice taken on the right. ice. And there wasn't. But then again, we know these teams don't have that, like no no only there's only one team with a Tom Wilson, you know, that 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 puts, you know, you don't see Ovechkin getting hit as much, maybe because Tom Wilson's out there, you know. So that does play into it. There's no question about that. People who think it doesn't are crazy. I mean, it really does. Players know, like, you know, you're playing against the yeah, but they'll wait till Tom Wilson. They'll wait till Tom Wilson's not on the ice. And then yeah, they'll if worry you hit Ovechkin, you're going to feel it from Tom Wilson eventually. Sure. Like, yeah. They'll worry about the retribution later. But if they get a great player out of the game, they don't care if somebody else fights Tom Wilson and is the, you know, lamb and they go into slaughter. They don't care because they got the other player's player out. Yeah, I think that may be more true in the playoffs. I think in the regular season. That yeah, go look at that Ottawa game. The yeah. minute if there's one player you want to take off the Flyers to derail their offense, it's yeah. It shouldn't yeah. be that way, but it is. That's how valuable he is. How did the Flyers look the rest of that game, and how close was that game after? Yeah, that? no, it was way too close. And um, no, no question. I mean, Travis Konechny and the way Konechny plays, and I've always said the thing you love about Konechny is he plays without any fear. Really, he does play right. full out. He plays almost as if he's you know, in a, in the best possible way. And I've said this to him and him and he's laughed himself. Like he plays, like he doesn't have a brain in his head because he just goes and he just goes and goes and goes. And he doesn't have any issue with, um, with going hard. And, and what you worry about with stuff like this is when guys start getting concussions, that definitely affects their game. And, and without and connecting, he needs to play all out all the time or else he is not what he is. I mean, I'm imagining up at the department of players safety, that there's a sign hanging that says, be back in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's the Blues Brothers. <laughs> yeah, really. Seriously. I mean, I mean, do you think they're doing a good job? I don't. No, I, I don't either. I mean, I, I, so, I think that I, I think it's someone brought this up to me last week about you know, and I wasn't on the show when you guys talked about. It, I don't think, but the um, the Mrazek, you know, Thornton fight, sort yeah. of quote unquote fight, you know, where you know if Mrazek goes down like that and is lying on the ice like that because of you know, like he was. I shot. thought it was, I thought it was a dive by Mrazek. It was a dive, it was a dive but he's, he's laying there like he shot. I mean, he. How is that? How is that not going into like a into into a dark room somewhere? Like, how does Mrazek end up continue playing in that situation? Like, how is that yeah. even possible? That and you know, a guy obviously gets hit in the head or whatever, and pretends like he's hit hit really hard, like he shot. I don't know, but that that whole situation was crazy because I was so I was really more just baffled by the lack of response by both teams on two yeah. star players. Like, you know, the fact that no one protects Mrazek and the fact that no one protects Joe Thornton, like. 
that that, that that's allowed to happen. Well, insane. let me just address Bill, Bill C in the chat because he's 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 uh talking about Marchand and how Marchand is a superstar. Yeah, which, 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 Brad Marchand. Well, which is which, right? Which is, I agree, he's a superstar, but the thing is, yeah. he is he is so. Brad Marchand is so borderline when it comes to what he does that normally I'm the one who rails against the the, the superstar treatment that guys like Ovechkin get because Ovechkin's dirty and he's big and he can hurt people, but he never gets called on it because he's Alex Ovechkin. Brad Marchand should get superstar treatment, but he shot such a dirt bag that he deserves to get suspended. I mean, I, I, I would, 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 would anybody take Brad Marchand on their team? Of course, he's yeah. a phenomenal talent. He's just a dirt bag. He look, he reminds me of Claude Lemieux, and he's taken it to that next level. Yeah, except he's, he's, yeah, he's even better than Claude Lemieux ever was. But yeah, Claude Lemieux was good at times. And Claude Lemieux was obviously a clutch playoff player, but he was also dirty. He was incredibly dirty, but that. And that is part of that is part of what makes Marchand's game Marchand, you know, like and, mm -hmm. and because there's no question that that line, when they go out there, you can't ignore the fact that Brad Marchand's on the ice, and that does play into your thinking if you're a defenseman oh. or you're a winger or whatever like that. You either want to get back at him, you or you you think you're going to get clobbered by him or anything like that. And don't tell me that that doesn't open up the ice for Pasternak and Bergeron. And it, you know, it's just and Patrice Bergeron. It's no question that oh, he opens up a ton of ice for them beyond just his abilities. Um, and he is the kind of player that, I mean, we've all played with players like this um, in the past that, you know, you play with them and you're like, oh, oh my question, Nick. man, they're great. But when you play against them, you don't want anything to do with them. He is definitely one of those players. Because you talk to the Bruins players about Brad Marchand, you get a very different tale. Like they are, they think he is the best thing ever. And so sure, why not? Why is Marchand waiting for Kale McCarr, a rookie, to have that puck who's their second best player instead of Jason Demers? Yeah, no, and, you're right. You're right. To, to answer to answer Thomas in the chat, he's like, "Who's a worse rat, Mar Marchand or Wilson?" I don't consider Wilson a rat. I consider Wilson a goon. I consider right. Wilson does it, and he doesn't try and hide it. Marchand tries to hide it. That's right. Yeah, I mean that's the old like Sean Avery type yeah, thing. Marchand, Marchand is like the Ken, or uh, Joey Kosher, who were like guys Kenny, the like, Kenny Linsman in the, in the yeah. vein of Kenny Linsman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the worst, the most frustrating thing. Back when we actually had fighting in hockey, you know, like guys like Kocher or you know or Avery, Kocher would fight. He would fight, but he would oftentimes, oftentimes, he was the guy. Who, yeah, no. Three fights in the Flyers game. There were two fights in the Rangers. Oh, yeah, game. no, there's no question about it. But um, I, and and I think that you used to see players that would start these fights and then, and then like they would be out of the pile and the fights would continue. Like they would be the ones who started the whole thing. That was like you know a Sean Avery trick. No, but different guys are fighting now. Voracek fought. Yoki yeah. Nordstrom fought. Like, they all have to fight. Because there's, nobody, there's no fighter they, on the team. They did. They just. They just said it on Hockey Central last night. Apparently, there was a fight between Ryan Getzloff and Nick Ehlers. Yeah, yeah. Nick Ehlers can't fight. Yeah. No. No. no that's uh, what happens. I mean, you got. It's a funny thing about it. Like we talked for years about how. Well, how, like, here's, fighters here's, had to be skilled skaters. Now, actually, skaters have to be fighters because well, there's no one else to fight. But here's right. the here's the uh, I mean, here's something that uh, I actually I, I think is a bad sign. Uh, in Saturday's game in St. Louis, T uh, Travis Dermott uh, from the Leafs got into a fight with uh, Troy Brower. I didn't see it. It was early in the second period. I missed it. Um, that was the first fight that the Leafs have had in 31 games in the wrong. entire season. I don't think that's a good sign because and I'm not saying I want them to go out and be the Broad Street bullies, but I can count at least on one hand the number of times that Matthews, 
Tavares, Marner have been slammed into the boards, and there's been no response. And I don't know what what uh, instigated this fight between Dermot and Brower, but I think Brower just try, was just trying to get the Blues going because they had a particularly bad game. But mm -hmm. honestly, I think the, the, the fighting and responding is incumbent upon a team when their star players are are you know focused on it. You have to do it, otherwise, it's open season. And you cannot allow that to yeah. happen. And I think this was a this was an issue with um, you know, with Babcock and stuff like that too. I honestly felt like that. I mean, and this is I mean, the fact that they have played the Bruins, what, four times already, three times at least? Three. Three. You know, and they have they didn't have a fight in any of those games. How can you have, how can you not have a fight in a Bruins game if you're a leaf if you're a leaf team in any in three games? I mean, taking the odds on that, I would say yeah, that really good. I mean, at least, you know, a team that well, not you, know, you have to be competitive to have a fight. And the Leafs weren't really competitive. Right, right. You have to be competitive. And, I mean, this is a team that locked you out from last year. There should be energy. There should be high, like, emotions going in that, you know, I think that sometimes the, the issue that I've had with the Leafs, and I've had this with um, other teams as well this year, that they're in the more skilled teams, some of them. And I th I'm finding this true with Vegas lately, too. Like, when I watch them, is that these more skilled teams are tending to play – like they're more skilled teams like all the time and thinking that you know because there's that thing of like the, when you get enough skilled players together they start to play like just wanting to be do everything pretty and do everything right you know it make it make on, the, on the periphery yeah and then then you know no one goes to the net and, with, and you know the hockey doesn't work that way unfortunately you can't you know skill against skill you still need to have you still need to score ugly goals you still need to crash the net you still need to do all these things so none of that's been happening and it's really been happening a lot with vegas lately too who was um and watching that game a little bit last night, that I mean, first of all, Georgiev, you know, like let's talk about him for a second. I mean, he's got two shutouts in the last four games. He's looked. He can only play two more games though, because then his AHL eligibility runs out, and they can't send him down. Because then well, he, can he has to clear waivers. He has to clear waivers. Then he has to clear waivers, and he won't. So they have to oh, make. There's it no way. Well, but don't you think he's? Don't you think this is it though? He's he's a Ranger now. Well, I mean, you would think he gets traded tomorrow, but their next decision is. We either play him and keep him up here all year, or we play him and trade him, or we send him down and don't talk about him the rest of the year, and then trade him at the draft. Those are their choices. Or, or if you uh, if if you want to call up Shashurkin, then you're gonna have to call. Up, then you're gonna have to um, keep three goalies on on the right. Road. They're not gonna keep three goalies. I mean, the bigger issue, guys, it kind of probably comes in the expansion draft, right? But I don't know if that matters. Well, that's why I, I think Pittsburgh and the Rangers are gonna face that problem. Not this summer, but the following summer when right. you know. The, so next year, there's it, it, the the time for them to make a trade of the extra goaltenders before the deadline or this summer because yeah. as if they hold on to those guys next year, they're going to get pennies on the dollar. But I, I I like I mean I know that there's more than just Toronto that needs a backup goaltender out. Well, I'm going to give you a, Vegas, Vegas needs a backup goaltender. Yeah, they do in the worst way. I'm going to give you another team. Uh, the Minnesota Wild are in playoff position. Levin Dubnik is having health issues with his wife, so he's with his family. Yeah. I wonder if he misses like another month, will they pick up a goalie? Because I know they're playing that rookie Kakanen. Yeah, Capo Kakanen. They can't play him all year with Baylock. They might need another legit backup to, yeah. to play if Dubnik can't come back. Like There could be a situation where he doesn't come back. We don't know. So Minnesota might be even – in the market, if well, they're actually in the playoff hunt, that's why it was surprising that Keith Kincaid got down to the down to the AHL. I mean, for for Toronto, it would be a problem because he they can't fit a one point seven five million dollar contract under their cap. But for other teams, that's something that they could fit. And and uh, I know Vegas. See, that's the thing. Vegas is up against it. 
Toronto is up against it. Minnesota, I don't think, has a ton of room, so maybe they wouldn't be willing to pick up somebody for that kind of money. You know, maybe they would trade for a guy like that because they could move a contract out. But that's the situation that this league is in right now where there are so many teams up against it. And I keep saying, and I said it to Russ a few times, Zach, oh. there's going to have to be a compliance buyout or something that allows these teams to clear cap space because these general managers cannot keep themselves from getting their teams into cap trouble. They continue right. to do it. Well, another another thing, Eck, we talked about this the other day. And it was very prevalent and on display yesterday. Uh, Malcolm Subban has played, I don't know, five, six of the last Vegas games because Mark Andre Flory took a leave of absence. His dad died, certainly entitled to it. They won't play Garrett Sparks to the point where Subban yeah. was just a sieve yesterday. Right. And that, yeah. that's because they know and that's because they know Garrett Sparks is a sieve. Awful. And they just threw away two points. Like again, in this league right now. Vegas is a playoff team at 35. I just heard, you know, Hockey Central calling Calgary horrible. They're 34 points and Minnesota's 32. And so are the Sharks. So it's like, you know, who's the really good team there? I mean, yeah, Vegas, yeah. Defense, Vegas without Marc-Andre Fleury, their defense is exposed. That's the that's the point here. It's not good. Oh, it's, it's more than it, – it, it's just – it's one of those things that just echoes through the whole team because Vegas can play the way they want to play because of Marc-Andre Fleury back there. They that's why Mark Stone is a – is a selkie candidate because he plays good hard defense between yeah. besides the offense he plays because their forwards have to like they don't have a oh, yeah yeah no they have to and and they i mean they don't have a, they don't have a solid defense and then basically the only way they can play you know balls to the wall so to speak is because of that it's because of yeah. the story in there because they have this because they know that he's there they, they know he's going to bail them out and that's that's how that team has survived that's how that team has done what it's done that's why they've been better than they should be and all those things so otherwise they become an expansion team, not like a complete expansion team, because they obviously have a some they have a really solid line in there, of you know, in, you know, in Stone, Stastny, and and all that. But you know, they have to uh, and, and Pacioretty, obviously. But they have, but they're beyond that. They're they're an expansion team on defense. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're an expansion and they're an expansion team in goal beyond Flurry. They are, and it's just those are the things that they have to they deal with, and it's not it's not getting fixed quickly. Um, that's for sure. Uh, I don't. I mean, this, but I can't imagine. Uh, you know. You know, Georgia have now like getting being anywhere but the Rangers. You know, like I can't. I they think they'd have to figure out a way to make this work. You know, I mean, he is he is. If I mean, first of all, you know, are they a playoff team or are they not a playoff team? They're probably not a playoff team, but still, like he is. I mean, his his goals against and save percentage, you can't send him down right now. No, I don't think you can send him down, and and I do believe you can put Chesterkin in there and not miss a beat. So I do think you have to trade him. You literally, I think you've shown everybody what he can do. I don't think there's a a GM in the league that doesn't know what Alexander Georgiev is capable of. And he's been facing a lot of shots for the last two years and stopping most of them. That's the, if you're trading him, then what are you really saying? I mean, what are you really, you're really saying that how many more years of, of Lundqvist are you looking at? You know, like not many because Chess Yerkin's the guy they drafted with the eye of being the next yeah. goalie now. But this is, but this is the thing with but this, but he's not proven yet where Georgiev is, you know, like, right. But, but this is, I think that teams like the Rangers and teams like the Penguins are looking just as much as uh, at the expansion draft as they are the the here and the now. And the thing with Shafirkin yeah. is he's exempt from the expansion draft because he is a first year. He he hasn't even been played in the NHL yet, so he'd be a right. first year player this year and a second year player next year, and he'd be exempt. Whereas, so they'd only have to protect Lundqvist, and I think Lundqvist is a UFA after next year. So yeah, he is. So, so they could they you know 
they're going to have to protect one goaltender, and the one goaltender is probably going to be Lundqvist, but it could be they don't need to protect any goaltenders because Shashirkin would be exempt. So, I mean, right. that's that's their scenario. They could How about Lundqvist becoming the goaltender for the Seattle team? Like, could, Is that possible? Is that, is that a scenario out there at all? No, he won't do that. No. I wouldn't no. think so. I think, but, would, I think Lundqvist would, would retire before he, he would. He would retire. But, Eck, here's the, the bigger mm -hmm. thing. So what we're basically – Talking about Georgiev is the same thing that we're saying was said about Cam Talbot. It's the same exact thing. And okay. in the end, the Rangers traded Talbot and they got a pretty good trade for him. In the end, they should do the same thing again. Because again, while Georgiev is good, Benoit Allaire is the secret ingredient to all these backup goalies. Yeah. Back to Steve Valaket. No offense, Steve, but you used yeah. to be every time yeah, 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 I know, I know. And lose everybody else <laughs> I mean if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pay a premium for one of these backup goaltenders I would probably pay it more for Jerry who was by the way second star of the week this year with a couple shutouts mm -hmm. um then then Georgiev and it's not because Georgiev isn't good it's just you know he's a, he was signed as a free agent he sort of and all the factors that that Russ just said in terms of him being sort of you know propped up in his value by playing behind playing uh with a lair or playing under a lair and with the Rangers and and you know guys like Talbot he had one good year with Edmonton in the yeah. after which he's been pretty much an average goaltender Jerry yeah. I think is a future number one he's 20 going to trade him until the end of the year probably not probably yeah. not that's why I think there's no there there's probably no chance you know like everybody's talking about these two guys whereas I think that the guys who get traded to these teams that need goaltenders are Jack Campbell and you know maybe Louis Domingue and a few other guys like that it's not going to be the these guys because these guys could be future number ones for other teams. Well, that's why I still put a lot of put a lot of weight in Ryan Miller and then talking yeah, to, I, talking I, to somebody I, again today I really I, I think that that's more and more likely. Yeah, this this is this is the this is the problem that I have with this act. I I, I just I mean, first of all, I, I and and you said it you said it right. You know, Miller may be open to getting traded to a Stanley Cup contender. Look at the standings right now. The Toronto oh, that, that, the Toronto true. Maple Leafs are not a Stanley Cup contender. That's very They're true, not. and um and you know definitely something that I think the Leafs have to like get them get their act together first, and you know before this happens, and I don't think it happens till the deadline at, anyway. Well, I mean, but, the, but the, you know, according if you listen to Brian Burke and stuff like that, this trade has to be made yesterday, well, and I'm, Brian, I'm, I'm in agreement with him. Brian Burke is in favor of giving up a second round pick or a really good prospect for a backup goaltender, and I think that would be utter stupidity. I mean, I'm absolutely 100 percent with him, and I don't. We had this fight before, but I honestly think that I mean, you he when he put it perfectly the other day when I heard him on XM saying that. They have they have all this great stuff in place, and yet they have a fatal, tragic flaw that is going to keep them out of the playoffs and is going to is going to hurt their potential of getting Wait, in there. I'm, I'm not saying I'll give you the trade. I'll trade Georgia for Jeremy Bracco, and we could reunite Bracco with Adam Fox, with Jacob Truba, there with Brian Lindgren, all those American kids. They all know they should, each other. And, and if I'm the Leafs GM, I I tell Jeff Gordon to go fly a kite. They should absolutely 100 percent do that. I, I have. There's no reason they shouldn't do that because we're getting Georgia, who's a who's a really potential great goalie, and also could be the goalie that they that goes beyond Anderson. Go fly a kite in a lightning storm. That's what I call it. <laughs> they're, a guy who, they're a guy who's barely a factor on their team right now, and yeah, Brock is going to be good, but they are built to win now, and they have to look at that. They have to. No. They can't sit there and they can't, that's, everyone that's, in Toronto is used to the fact that we can't trade away prospects because we've done that, that in the past. But you got that it. Is my argument? Are they built? rougher right now well, they, they, they are. Are. they're not no no they are 
They are with the right goalies. They are. They're better than the they're better than Vegas. If they have a goalie in there, they're better than Vegas. They have a goalie. His name is Frederick Anderson, and he's been. Uh, how many goals have Hutchinson blown this year? How many? He's he's oh five and one. They have uh, they won one of a possible four twelve points at least. Yeah. So one, where would the leagues be? No. All right. So where would the leagues be with ten of those points? No. Yeah. I, well, okay. The most you can expect out of a the, the average you can expect out of a backup goaltender is. Go 50 50. So, say seven out of 14 points. Okay. They, they, would, they would be in second place in the Atlantic if they had seven out of 14. I'm not yeah. saying, I'm not saying don't, oh, I'm not saying up, not, do, you know, don't upgrade from. You're also to look behind Anderson, too. Like, you have to realize that Anderson is what he is now and he's good and he's solid. And people think when I talk about Ryan Miller and all that stuff. I'm saying upgrade. I'm not saying, I'm saying you don't trade a, your second. Or best prospect in your organization for a guy that you don't know is that going to be any more any more of an upgrade. What you do know is he's better than the guy you got. Sure. Way better, and he's got way more potential. You can get that guy oh, cheaper. This is ridiculous. This is such a ridiculous you argument. You can get so, that guy cheaper. You can. Uh, you don't need cheap. You, you need don't want cheaper. You want to win a friggin' Stanley Cup. No, you got to I am saying you can improve your backup goaltending and not give up a former first round pick. Like Timothy Liljegren or a former second round pick like Jeremy Bracco, who I think could be a very good NHL player, you can get a backup goaltender for Nick Batan. You can't pay him if he's a good NHL player, first off. If he becomes a good NHL player, you can't afford to keep him. So, like to me, like the idea. You can, we already have four players making $10 million for the rest of their life. That's, that's why you need players who make $800,000. But like, Brock was not going to be that. If he's yeah, going to be that good, eventually he's going to be in there and you're not going to be able to pay him that. So, you're going to be stuck. And you're gonna have to make, then you're going to have to make a move. that, And, and then you're going to let three years pass where you had, you know, Jonathan Taves and Austin Matthews going hard. And, you know, and all these guys in their primes right now with a team, you know, it, it just it makes no sense. It's like somebody look up and see what the percentage of wins Georgiev has. He's probably about 60 percent in the NHL. If you get somebody like Mike's talking about, you're going to have like 20 percent chance better winning than Hutchinson. So it will be a few points. If yeah. you're putting Georgiev, you're going to win the majority of the games, or at least and you're, giving yourself, and you're giving yourself insurance in case Anderson, God forbid, gets hurt. Which is if funny. Anderson gets hurt, their season is over, no matter it's who not. Back it doesn't is. have to be. But it doesn't have to be. Eck is right about that. For Bracco, it doesn't have to be, and that's ridiculous to me. Like uh, to think about it, this is the guy the Leafs have refused to play, yeah. and. If they're not going to play him, he does deserve to get a chance somewhere. Right. Here's the thing I about think that. He deserves to get a chance in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. going to. And here's the thing about that is well, that, yeah. Bracco, that this is not this is no longer the Leafs team that it used to be, where you could where you traded away prospects and it was a bad thing because you didn't have anything. This right. is not that. I feel like the Leaf fans are like are in this world where they're like, oh yeah, well we can't we, we remember we traded away other prospects and it was terrible. But this is not that team. This is not that team. This team is this team is on us is on a this course team, right now. That they can't ignore this, this team has not proved anything yet. Okay, but then you know they what? Be, then they shouldn't be paying these players ten million a year. That's the way the the league is now. No, no, no one else is doing it with them. Jack Eichel, all the, all Jack Eichel did in the couple years before he signed his big contract was finish in last and second last place, and he got paid ten million bucks. This league pays players out of their entry level contracts, so them proving something to get paid—that's bullcrap. It never happens anymore. Okay. It's different. How about this? Anderson's contract's up in two years, right? Yes. Odds are 
even the young goalies you have will not be ready in two years to be in the NHL. They're going to have a goalie gap. Right. They'll re-sign Anderson. But why re-sign Anderson if he never wins anything for $7 million? It's not his fault that they haven't won anything. It's the fact that they don't have – they don't play good enough defense and they don't have a backup capable – Not only can you re-sign him at some point, but you'll re-sign him for what Anderson's making now – but in two years, you'll save yourself cap money. Yeah. At that point, if Anderson's not won anything, you don't want Anderson anymore. And then you're still waiting for one of the other guys to be your backup. And maybe one of them who's advanced can be your backup, but they're not going to be ready to be a number one. It yeah. would temporarily solve their problem for like the next three years. Uh, I, I don't agree. I don't, but any, I don't see any. I don't know. I don't see any other team in the NHL will be doing that. I don't, there's no reason that they wouldn't be. But for some no. reason, this team's not going to do that. Like every other team follows that path. You, you can say what you want to, but they, they are paying four forwards right. $40 million right now. And I think that that was a mistake. But and they I, are. So this is where I, they are. You know yeah, what I mean? So whether it's a mistake or not, you can't do that mistake with more mistakes. You can extricate yourself from those mistakes by trading a guy like William Nylander at his highest value, which if he scores 30 goals this year, his value will be reestablished. You can trade him for defensive help. You can you can maybe get a goaltender in that deal, and you have young players at forward that you can bring up that at, like like a Brocco. I'm not saying he'll do everything that Nylander did, but I'm, I think you know trading a Kapanen or a Janssen doesn't give you enough cap relief. They only they're making in the threes. Nylander's making seven, and I, I I'm telling you right now, he is not a superstar. I guess you enough cap room to get Georgiev though. Like, you know, and it gives you enough cap room to get those. Georgiev is going to cost somebody a couple million bucks next year. Heck, so what? Heck, I want to see the headline in two years when the Leafs sign Braden Holpe as a Asian <laughs> goaltender and Mike has to write about it. That's yeah, what, I want, what I want to see. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's like it's, and they're going to spend another $10 million. I mean, if they sign him now, they could they could try to extend Georgiev for, for a reasonable price. Correct. And before he's making before he's making all that money, and then right. have themselves at least one goalie that's going to be one of their two for going right. forward, and that might he might turn into be Bobrovsky, he may turn into be something else, but you don't know. So right. as, it's, as it's playing out, like to me, it's and a no brainer. You get a, at least to give her a chance. Why? I mean, you're just wasting money otherwise. This whole this they're year, they're going to be getting like Braden Holpe or Crawford or somebody like that, and taking up that time old tradition of the Leafs signing a guy well into his thirties as a goalie as a free agent because they end up with the Leafs. That's what they're going to do. Yes. And I, I and I say this out of love because I like this team. I really do. I really want this team to do – and I'm a Canadian fan, but I like watching this Leafs team. But I get so frustrated with them because – I, like, I don't like watching them now. I like watching them. And I, and I look at them and I say to myself, okay. Well, last year I liked watching them, Mike, not this year. Yeah, this year they're frustrating. But, they, I mean, I, I'm into now. Sheldon, you know, young Sheldon's doing the job. And I think that's good and we're going along with that, you know, so – and that's cool. And I think Sheldon Keith is a great is a great coach. And I think that it's a good thing that they made the perfect move there. And I give them credit for it because it was ballsy and no one wanted them to do it. But I think it was great. And then they did it. But the fact is that no one wanted them to do it because they're living in a culture from before. But the fact that they did that means that they are living in a culture now to me. And they should do this. They, if they're gonna, if they're going to bring in Keith and get rid of Babcock this quickly, there's no reason to not bring in Georgia for a guy like that. Georgia could be your Nick Foles. All right, I'm done. No, absolutely. I, it's just for Jacksonville. I, I get it. I mean, and I get, I get the frustration. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't have to like watching. <laughs> no, that's not someone says in the chat room. How do you like Gardner Minshew? 
Uh, I'm just telling you, man, it is so frustrating because this team has so much skill and talent. And and that and I'll tell you something about Anderson, who I have been unfair on because he is a good goalie, and I know I rip him. But this is the thing about Anderson: he is a good goalie at certain kinds of goals. Um, but there are there are there are moments when he's not he's not good at off angle shots. He's not good at certain spots. Um, he is very good, you know, in tight. But he's not good from the point at times. He's he's when he when he, he's oh, just, oh. All, all I know is, all I know is this, and, and, and it it very easily got lost in the mix. Frederick Anderson was the main reason the Leafs won on Saturday. He made yeah. three, he made three stops in the first two minutes that kept St. Louis from opening the scoring. Toronto sc- scored the opening goal, and then uh, I watched it. it was a great game. Yeah, I mean, it, and, so, listen, and that's what you should do because that that you're, you're a Stanley Cup contender. You're starting goalie. You go up against another Stanley Cup team. And yes, you need your starting goalie to All right, here's Freddie Anderson's numbers in the playoffs. 899 save percentage, 913. He had the great year of 947, 915, 896, 922 last year. A 916 career, but only a 911 with Toronto. That's it. 911, Mike. And more than that, it's wins and losses. Sorry, it's wins and losses because wins and losses factor. And it, goalies play really well, but the way, the way you're goalie and the confidence you're having a goalie feeds the rest of the team. So a, they, a, a, their defense sucks, and look at the look at the amount of games he played in those three years: 66, 66. And I agree, but that's not changing. So at some point, well, it's maybe that's what, I mean, what I'm saying. And because they, they have, have a backup, they had to play Boston every friggin' year. They and not played Boston. They had a backup who could have won some games for them. Well, that's right. the whole point. If you get Georgiev, it would change, Mike, because you wouldn't be forced no. to. Plus, you got Curtis McElhaney off of waivers. Right. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to trade a second round pick or a top nine forward to get a backup. There's no Curtis McElhaney. It's a huge risk. I mean, you're throwing a year. talking about watching Haley's comment from two years ago. It's over at this and point. You're talking about like risking it all on the fact that something like Curtis McElhaney will happen. Like that's pointless. Like why? I mean, that could happen. Yeah, sure. You might get some. Might get right. best ever. Well, one day he's going to be like. Curtis McElhaney, that's why we didn't win the cup. And this is year 2025, and the Leafs still haven't won the cup. Yeah, yeah. And and yet you have all this freaking talent. And you've got and you've got the right coach, you've got the right system. I think I've just it's so crazy frustrating because it's like it's I mean, you know, you know my passion for the years you guys always used to risk rip on me for Nashville not having a backup goal. It was the same kind of thing, except this team's more talented than Nashville. And it's like even more, it's even even harder for me because this team actually has more offense than Nashville had. And yeah, Nashville had better defense for sure. Trying to argue with the Leafs, they're not worth it. Uh, God. Anyway, sorry. Let's talk about Paggio. Let's talk about Paggio, shall we? Yeah. I think at the end of the day, he's just going to sign with Ottawa. And there's a whole lot of hoopla. Oh, crap. That's I totally think he's going to sign with Ottawa. <laughs> I have that on authority. Like I've talked to people, they they are working on that. But anyway, regardless, you guys could think. Well, that. I let's let's just say this. I think there's a better possibility of them trading them and re-signing them than there is of them re-signing them because yes. they're, not going, they're not going to pass up. I just work. Do you think that's worked for them in the past, Mike? Well, tell me all the players out of traded and they've returned. You cannot, you cannot risk, you cannot risk going to February 25th and not have traded. Oh, no, you're We'll talk on July one. That means bye-bye. You're right. No, if they get to that point, they have to do it. But they are trying to sign him before the end of like January. They're talking about like ahead of time. They really want to get him signed. The kid, he wants to play there, and that's the Senators actually have a guy who's from Ottawa, born and raised in Ottawa, who wants to play there, and that is something that they need to pay attention to. 
Heck, they played him the other day against the Flyers as the top line center. He's not a top line center. Oh, no, he's not a top line center. No, right. But- which which means they're which means they're inflating his value for a trade. Right. It, 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 it's, it's, it reminds me a lot of Dzingel last year, right? Like the same kind right. of thing. You know, it's like Ryan Dzingel last year in Ottawa had great numbers before he gets traded. You know, and they end up getting a really good pick, and they're doing the same thing, right? But at the end of the day, they do need to keep some players on this team, and. You can argue that Peugeot, leader of the team, yeah. Tom Chabot is the best defenseman. They're going to keep some players, but Peugeot is going to be one they're not going to be able to because at the end of the day, he will want to get paid after he gets traded. He's going to right. get one good payday in this league, and Ottawa's not going to give it to him. Right. I mean, they they may give it to him after they trade him. That's probably a, a long shot. Yeah, but he is he is an Ottawa kid and maybe he wants to play for them, but it that's that, that's not gonna come at the cost of him making at least four million dollars as a free agent. No, but you can also argue very much that, he, this is, that he's playing out of his mind right now. Like this is not this is the, I mean his his career, he's been he's always been crazy skilled. You've seen the skills there. Right, but there but see there there that's what the problem might be. The Ottawa may be offering him a long-term contract based on what they think he is, not what he's doing. And if they're like offering him what they think he is, they're probably offering him a four-year deal like three and a half million. He can go out in free agency and get four, four and a half million dollars. Ottawa's not gonna be able to outbid anybody in free agency. They won't. Right. I mean, I, I, I look now, at if he, if he scores 30, if he scores, what, how many goals? He has he's now got 15 goals right now. He's leading the team in scoring. Right. And say he gets the 30, which would be a pretty good number. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So he gets the 30. This is the first time he's gotten anywhere close to that. Like this is, he's, he's well yeah. above any of his other. There's no yeah. way he's getting more than $5 million a year. There's not right. he won't get 5 million a year from Ottawa, but he will get five, 5 million a year is a second line player in the NHL right now. Ottawa can get Clarkson scored 30 goals once and got five and a quarter. I know, but that was ridiculous. I know that. Ottawa extended Colin White and they they got him cheaper because he's a younger player, less proven, probably for like what, three and a half, Mike, something like that a year? Who was that? Colin White when they extended him? Uh, Four something. Four something. If Colin White cost them four something, somebody's paying five and a half for Peugeot because he's also a great penalty killer. He scores shorthanded goals. Ottawa can't afford him anymore. Yeah, four seven five. It's sit for six years. They have. They're not paying times eight. Yeah, but they're not. Pay- How can Ottawa not afford him? They're not paying anybody anything. I mean, Bobby Ryan's contract is going to come off the books soon too. Another year uh, at least. Another year, but still, I mean, they are not. We're talking I mean, we're, we're money. They can get Pajot. Like it's it's similar to. Like the Flyers, can we all agree? Kind of got a deal for Konechny. I mean, they really got like a pretty good trade. I mean, I, right I told you they did. Here, here, here's here, here's here's like the same kind of numbers as Konechny, and, and you can get a deal for of the current roster right now. Here's the reality. I'm t- I'm counting right now. Three, six unrestricted or seven unrestricted free agents next year. Seven restricted free agents. Four of them arbitration eligible they've yeah. got nothing on the books other than artem anisimov colin white uh nikita zaitsev and shabbat that's yeah. it everybody else is up except well, for they're the- gonna, they'll have more money once they move to quebec you know this right like well, they're gonna, it's gonna change. in the off season they're gonna try and lock up brady kachuk that's what they're gonna do right right but well, no, they. I mean, he's 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 everything to them, right? So that and that makes sense. He's a great player, and they're going to get another good player this year, and they might get another player out of the Sharks draft pick this year. They have some things but, coming. But I'm t- but I'm telling you right now, what the what what Pierre Dorian is going to do before February 24th is trade everything that's not nailed down, and that's Peugeot, that's Nemestikov, that's Hainsey. 
That's Craig Anderson if they can get anything for him. I'm yeah. telling, you, and it's even Tyler Innes who's making eight hundred thousand dollars. But if you don't, you don't think like a, a team that is tight up against the cap would take a, would not take a Tyler Innes as a fourth line guy because he's a veteran guy. They'll they'll get a third, probably a third or fourth round draft pick for him. So they're gonna do that. That's yeah. what that's their business model. Pierre, uh, uh, it can't be forever. Melnick, Eugene Melnick came out last April in Toronto and told the told reporters and told supporters of the Senators, "I'm not spending money on this team for two years." Right, right. Twenty seven years old. He's he was making three one this year on a three year deal. Someone's going to give him five five for four years. Yep, and it's not going to be them. He's gonna get. He's gonna get the Gustav Nyquist deal. That's if he, what I mean, if he wants to stay in, in Ottawa, they will give him that. I, I predict. No, I think if, if he wants to stay, Ottawa, if oh. he wants to stay in Ottawa, I'll bet you Ottawa is offering him around four or five. If any team can get a thirty goal scorer for under six million dollars a year, they'll do it. Who won't? I mean, oh, why would Ottawa not do it? Ottawa. No, they wouldn't. They don't. It's not like they're up against the cap. I mean, they have no. They have no other excuses. I mean. He has them. They have, really they have excuses. They have a penny pinching owner who doesn't want to spend money, who's in financial trouble. Right. They're gonna, you know, well, you know what they're act, you know what they're doing? They will acquire any contract that's been front loaded, so okay. they can, so they can, like, 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 uh, um, pay the cash and and get out of it cheaper. Right. Well, what was it? Was it Derek Broussard? There was a, a deal from a couple of years ago when they traded for Derek Broussard. Well, Broussard had like his salary was like two million in the last year of his deal, but the cap hit was like four and a half. Right. So yeah, they they were paying out literally almost no money when the cap hit was extremely high. That that's that's the model that they're going for right now. All these guys, they'll 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 add more guys like that. And Eck, what you forget about is next year Shabbat's eight million kicks in. Yeah, but that's obviously worth it. I mean, you know, and it, they can have a player like that. They're going to have to get a goalie. Yeah, they're going to have to get a goalie. That's going to cost them three or four million. I don't know who's in their system. Do they have any kids coming up? I mean, Hogberg's not ready. Yeah. Gustafson, I don't know what happened to Gustafson. I don't even yeah. see him on. And it seems like Anderson can play forever, right? But he's he's hurt now again. He's not he ready. is hurt again. He got hurt in that Flyers game. The, right now, Anisimov and White are two of their and Zaitsev are their highest paid players. They'll probably bring back Ron Hainsey for another year. They'll bring back Borieski for another year. All these guys are free agents. Nemestikov is a free They're all free agents. So they're going to go the absolute bare minimum. Whatever the cap floor is, that will be their salary for their team. Right. But in the interim, they're going to lock up as many of their young players, not a 27-year-old yeah. guy. And next year, uh, next year, Batherson and uh, you know, all the guys that they sent down, Batherson, uh, let's see, Vareno, uh, Norris, uh, you know, all these guys, the Formanton, all of them will be up. Abramoff, maybe. Well, along those along those lines, they're all my start like my first little comment. I think they're gonna sign them, comma, but I also hear that Peugeot is going to is very that the Montreal Canadians are extremely interested in them now, and that's that's the latest rumor today. And I try my best not to report on Montreal Canadian rumors because there are so many out there. But this one I heard from too many people today to think that there's not something to it. And there's what's interesting right now is you're definitely getting, and I wrote this in my blog, you're getting this case where there are some players, um, Athenisio, Athenisio, yeah. sorry, um, yep, um, Peugeot. Well, 
other players who are who are who make it traded before the freeze because teams are looking like Ottawa and other teams are saying, okay, we have these guys. If you want to give us something now, we'll give you more to them than now. Well, now. here here's the one that's extremely interesting, and of course we we've talked about Alex Galchenyuk for months and years and now you know like i i get the feeling now it's like he's he was in montreal he was a disappointment there he goes to arizona he was a disappointment there he gets traded to pittsburgh and now the the elliot freeman reported on the weekend that when a couple of their injured forwards are coming back galchenyuk will be you know basically on the block mm-hmm. and there are and there are reports out there that 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 buffalo is interested in him which makes sense because Buffalo is desperate for a second line center or top six guy. I don't know if Galchenyuk is that anymore. Not anymore. But, but I think not, there's no reason he shouldn't be that. But he is. It's just at this point, it was really risky to think. But I, I, I think Buffalo would go for that simply because Pittsburgh is looking for defense. Buffalo is looking for forwards. They've got Scandella. They've got Bogosian. They're both expiring contracts. So is Galchenyuk. That's a trade where I think it it would maybe be a, a help in both camps. The only problem is, Mike, like as an example, Pittsburgh's got John Marino. He's playing better than Marco Scandella, and he's entry-level contract. Like, why in the world would they want to take on that Scandella money? Well, I think the – well, because it's a wash. I mean, it's a wash. I, mean, I know it's a wash, but he's not that good player anymore. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I – I think he's an improvement over some of their other defensemen. I'm not saying Marino, but I'm saying Jack Johnson. I'm saying a few other guys. They clearly are looking at like he has to play. There's not. There's no way around that. A couple yeah. things that are sort of breaking in the last little bit here. Um, one is that the Russian ban on major sporting events, which everybody's heard about, I'm sure by now, that's going to keep them out of the Olympics in Tokyo, um, is does not include um, the World Champion Junior Championships because, accordingly, it, is, it has been determined that the World Junior Championship is not considered a major event by the WADA. So Team Russia will is free to play there. That's kind yeah, of weird. Modern kind of refined things here. That that's if they don't think that's major, they're crazy. I mean, compared to what? Like compared to what is what? I mean, what? How many how many major events are there at the World, the world Cricket not? Championship? Like, are there are there are the Olympics and that's it? Or what? World Dark Championship. That's what it's yeah. crazy. I don't but, even know. I mean, and you know, and, I, and at the same time, like I feel good. For, I feel happy for the Russian yeah, the kids. Can play. Assuming that they're, you know, yeah, but they'll never be able to grow up and play in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, the, the Olympic thing is the Olympic thing is huge. Obviously, that's an enormous. Well, point. NHLers may not be may not grow up and be able to play in the Olympics the way things are going. Oh, so, Eck, this brings me to 1984 when the Olympics were happening, and I was at the was University of Sarajevo. Yeah, I was in the University of Houston, and Russia was not in the Olympics. If you remember, they boycotted. Yeah. Well, McDonald's had a had a promotion going yeah. you know, for scratch-offs. If you get a gold medal, you get like a free hamburger or whatever. And as a struggling college kid, yeah. I can't tell you how many USA things I unscratched and how many burgers I ate that year. There's a Simpsons episode that takes off on this whole incident that happened and where they have it like, you know, that, you know, the, it's the Summer Olympics and, and you know, cr- the crusty, you can get a free crusty burger. And it's like they have like a, a, a you know showing like the the women's 200 meter swimming thing and it's like the the u.s swimming against most teams that are landlocked that don't have swimming pools in their country you know it's like they I, were just like you know i couldn't i couldn't give a crap about mary lou retton sticking that landing but if it got me a free big mac i was all in yeah oh yeah 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 that's that's good stuff that's really good you stuff. Could literally order a little bit of food Yep. Get the scratch off, get your free thing, and go up and eat that. So you you would pay for half of what you normally would pay. 
But I, but let's let's just say this: nineteen eighty four Big Macs are so much were so much better than two thousand nineteen <laughs> Big Macs. I don't even know what's in that crap anymore. I want to hear something really crazy. So a couple of another crazy thing here. Uh, well, first of all, Patrice Bergeron is playing tonight. That's been confirmed. That's good for the good for the Bruins. Maybe they'll win the division now. Um, now the um, <laughs> but um, this is the crazy thing I saw. So last night, uh, one of the Florida Panthers um, became the second leading point getter in Panthers franchise history, um, which is uh, and it's a 395 points in his career. So that's the second. That doesn't seem like a lot for a team that's been around for as long as they've been. But um, that, that makes him the second all-time, with the first all-time being at 419. So this guy, before the end of the year, is going to be the leading Panther of all time, and that would be Jonathan Huberto, which is insane. It's just insane to me. I'm not sure it's much of an achievement, but okay. He's like, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. He's a good player. What was that? He's a really good player, but he's this a really is a good player. But come on. They don't it's have a 1,000-point so cool. scorer on that team yet? Like, or at least like a 500 point score. They don't even have a 500 point score on that team yet. Heck, their their top draft picks in their history have both been defensemen. Yeah. You know, if Pavel Borg would have played like four years there, he'd be the leader. You know, Ed Jovanovsky, Aaron Ekblad. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's not Barkov, but Barkov didn't score as much earlier on in his. Where's Pavel Borg on the list? Yeah, I wonder. He's got to be pretty high because we're only playing a couple seasons there. But he passed. His knee, his knee folded, and he was too. You know, passed Stephen Weiss. He yeah. was too. He was too busy uh, having fun with the Anna Kornikova. And you know who has you know who has the most points of all time for them at four hundred nineteen? Oli Jokinen. Oli Jokinen, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the thing that all these guys have in common, Ole Jokin and Stephen Weiss and Uberdo, I've written about them in rumors. They're all times. losers. <laughs> They're all rumor guys. They've all been they've all been rumored to be traded every friggin' year they've been in the league, it feels like. Pablo Bori is 12th all time in Panthers scoring. He only played 223 games. There you go. That, that's insane. That's like <laughs> that's really 250 crazy. points. He averaged 0. 0.682 points per game. He obliterates everybody on that list. Okay, it's not even three seasons. He doesn't play. He didn't even play three full seasons. I, I want to mention this because I was a little surprised. I was a little surprised by this, based on the fact I thought he could be a good pro, and it sort of goes against the direction that I thought the Red Wings were going to be going. But uh, Madison Bowie was placed on waivers today, Russ, and I'm like, okay. You know they've got a lot of older con guys who ha are have big contracts that I, I thought Eisenman would want to be getting rid of, and I'm sure he does. But Bowie's relatively young. I know yeah. he didn't trade for him, but I saw him play in the minors. I thought he was an NHL defenseman. I think he's a foot speed, Mike. I think he, yeah. he never that never graduated with the rest of them. Yeah, and they're going they're going more with the Ronicks and the the Hicketts and Lafreniere bad, and I will I will, I will dispel the Jeff Merrick midday uh, <laughs> debate because we had this debate on a private call with a bunch of hockey people just because Quentin Byfield's a center I won't take him ahead of Alexis Lafreniere the reason being Lafreniere will outscore him 20 points at least every year and Lafreniere is going to be that guy that you are going to pass the puck to when you have the extra attacker on the ice and you're looking to tie the game. Well, I'm anxious to see him play in the World Junior because all I've seen basically is highlights off of off of uh, off of YouTube and off of yeah. Twitter. So you get married to you can't get married to the fact that centers are always more important and you should always draft the center. You can't stay married to well, that. Let, let's say this: if the talents are equal, right? That's have a center. That's that's the thing. Do we do we think that his talent is Byfield's talent is equal to Lafreniere? I, I don't. So I wanted to bring this up at the end of the show here. This is um, 
Teeter by the time the Leafs held the Stanley Cup. And this is what the Stanley Cup looked like. At oh, that stop it. That is not. So, um, this, like, this is This is. A, I mean, come on. This is actually uh, what the Stanley Cup did look like at one point, though. I think the Stanley Cup gained a lot of weight over the Really, the Stanley Cup. But the cup looked before its most recent design. That's a svelte Stanley Cup. Right? Yeah, it's very svelte, isn't it? That's, it's like uh, that's because at that point, Russ, they weren't allowing TC Puck, the dog from the '67 Leaf team, on the cup. It looks like when you look at here, like one name is written like across here, like at a time. It's, hard to do that. it's like a single name on each rung, kind of. That's how old this yeah, is. Turk Broda. That's all they had room for, right? Before even guys had numbers on their shirts. You see, that's like how old that is. So there you have it. Yeah, even even the top of the cup. You couldn't fit a full size beer like you can only fit a full size beer. Yeah. is actually the same, Russ. It is actually the same. It doesn't look it though. It looks smaller because of the base. I'll give Funky Cold Zadina some credit here. He said the wings waved Bowie and they've claimed Ziggy Stardust. There you go. <laughs> well, Ziggy played guitar. Um, all right. That's all we've got for today. Um, we'll be enough. back again tomorrow with more exciting what the Leafs did wrong talk. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Remember without the buzz, it's just hockey. We'll talk to you then. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.